Welcome to Journey Through the Bible with Joshua Smith. The Bible is the single most important book in history. It is the very words of God put on paper. In this podcast, we will walk through the pages of His Word as we seek to understand His message to us. In Isaiah 55:11, God says, My word that proceeds from my mouth will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I please, and it will prosper where I send it. As we study His Word, He will accomplish within us what He desires. That is our prayer. That is the journey. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to Journey Through the Bible with Joshua Smith. I'm so excited that you have joined me yet again for another episode as we take a few more steps down this road that we are traveling down to journey through Scripture. As always, I encourage you, if this is something you enjoy, rate it, review it, share it on your social media channels. We believe that God's Word does not return void, and so the more people that hear the message of God's Word, the better, right? So thanks for being with me. Hey, we're still in Matthew chapter 5, walking through the Beatitudes in Matthew 5, verse 2 through 11. Um, so let me read that I'll read that again for you, and then we're going to be in verse 8 today. Blessed are the pure in heart. So beginning from verse 2, And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So today we are blessed are the pure in heart in verse 8, for they shall see God. What is Jesus saying? Well, that, that's what we're here to answer as we, as we journey down this road together. And first, to understand what Jesus is saying when he says that we are blessed when we are pure in heart, we have to understand what he is saying about the heart. What is the heart? Well, the heart has been seen since, since ancient times. The ancient Greeks, Plato, Aristotle, both kind of put forth this, this thought that the heart was the seat of our will, our desires, our emotions. It, it is seen as the deepest place of our being. So coming from this understanding that when we see heart mentioned as it is here in Matthew 5 throughout scripture we are seeing it as the essence of who we are. We see that we are naturally born wicked as we look through scripture so the essence of who we are unfortunately is nowhere close to the pure in heart that Jesus is is saying here. Our essence is quite different. Our essence naturally is we are born wicked and far from the purity which Jesus is calling us to. We can see in Jeremiah 17 verse 9 that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Jeremiah tells us here that we can't even comprehend the level of wickedness that is in our heart or our essence or very being. Right? He said the heart is deceitful. Who can know it? Well, verse 10 of Jeremiah 17 goes on to tell us that the Lord does. The Lord searches our heart. He knows the depths 
of our wickedness that comes naturally from our heart. And this phrase here in 17.9 of Jeremiah, desperately wicked, in the Hebrew it really conveys this thought of an incurable disease, a, a sickness beyond any chance of recuperation. If you read from the ESV, that it translates it as uh, desperately sick. The NIV translate this as beyond cure. Romans 2 and 5 continues this, this thought, this process that we have to kind of grasp. We have to lay a foundation here of understanding who we are naturally. And Romans 2, 5 continues what Jeremiah says and says, But in accordance with your hardness and your impenitent heart, you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and the revelation of the righteous judgment of God. So here in Romans 2, Paul, Paul spends Romans 1 detailing the natural life of a person who refuses to come to faith in Christ. He describes the pursuit of wickedness and evil as a natural progression of men's falling, fallen state. It's not something that, that comes upon us. It is something that we naturally achieve or strive for because of the natural wickedness of our heart. And so here in chapter 2, verse 5, he's kind of further stating that point, saying, hey, you know, your hardness and your unrepentant or impenitent heart, right? that's who we are naturally. We're treasuring up for ourselves wrath in the day of the coming of the Lord. Later in Romans 3.23, Paul lays it out plainly and saying, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of of God, these words "sinned" and "fall short" in the Greek, it kind of gives this this uh, this connotation of continuously. All of us have continuously sinned, and we continuously fall short of the glory of God. Romans seven eighteen continues this theme. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, Paul says, nothing good dwells. First Corinthians fifteen forty two and forty three tells us that the body is sown in corruption. We were corrupt from the ver from our very beginning, from our very conception. We are corrupt. Our bodies are sown in dishonor. Our bodies are sown in weakness. Here in First uh, Corinthians fifteen forty two and forty three. So this is critical. It's not it's not very fun to think about, right? But it is critical to understand what Jesus is saying here. This call into His kingdom. Hey, blessed are the pure in heart. This call into his kingdom does not happen naturally or through natural means. We are incapable within the realm of ourselves to match this description of a pure heart. We're not good people at heart, as is often stated in the world or even a lot of churches today. It's, it, it, it would be nice to, to believe that, right? It, it's comfortable to believe that, oh, that down deep we're all good people. But the fact of the matter is down deep we're not good people. At the very essence of our beings, we are evil, wicked people who have set our hearts and minds against God. We're not good people simply needing a friend. Hey, just you, you need a friend. Jesus is that friend, right? No, the very essence of who we are is evil, wicked, and against God. To be pure in heart does not come from within and is, does not come from us trying. So what is Jesus calling us to when he states that, the pure in heart are blessed. They're flourishing. Well, he's telling us that we are flourishing within a state of pureness, pure conscience, pure desires, and pure motives. This, this concept, this idea of a pure heart is so important in our lives. Matthew 12, 34 and 35 says this. It says, you brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? This is Jesus talking. He says, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. 
The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. You see, Jesus is saying here, we all live out of what we have stored within us. Right. And so if we are naturally evil, that is how we start our lives. Right. Even from conception, we are wicked and set ourselves against God. That is what is going to come out of us. So this this idea or this concept of living with a pure heart is essential because we want to bring out good things. Right. We want to walk before the Lord. Holy. We want to walk before the Lord. Righteously. We want to walk before the Lord in a way that is pleasing to him. So this this pure heart. Is something that we all must have. Matthew 23, uh, verse 27 through 28, Jesus is talking again. He says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautifully beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Even so, you also out, outwardly appear righteous to all, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. My desire is I, I don't want to appear righteous before men and God know the ugly truth. I want to stand before him pure and clean from the inside out. It is from a pure heart we can seek to please God with how we live our lives. Right Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What we put inside or who we are inside is going to come out in how we live our lives. 2 Timothy 2 verse 22 says this, it says, So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. So how does this happen? How can we live with a pure heart, right? So we're, we understand so far that we are naturally wicked, right? Jesus is calling us. He says, he says, Blessed are you who are pure in heart. Blessed are the pure in heart. Well, who is that? Well, it's, it's not us naturally. Right, because naturally we are wicked. Naturally, our hearts are deceitful and exceedingly wicked. We are sick beyond repair. Jeremiah seventeen nine again. Right. So, how can we live with a pure heart if it doesn't come naturally? It doesn't come from us trying. How does this happen? Well, we have to understand that a pure heart is not something we achieve. A pure heart is something that we receive. Right. A pure heart is not something that we achieve. It is something that we receive. Ezekiel 36, verse 25 through 27, it says this, I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness, and from all your idols I will cleanse you. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of, of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. Right. We read this. I'm going to sprinkle clean water on you. I'm going to clean you from from your uncleanness. I'm going to give you a new heart. I'm going to give you a new spirit. I'm going to remove the heart of stone from your flesh and I'm going to give you a heart of flesh. Who is doing the action here? Right. This is this is not us doing the action. Right? This is God doing the action. This is God saying, hey, here's what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to clean you. I'm going to give you a new heart. I'm going to give you a new spirit. The action is happening from God. Let's go over to Psalm 51, 7 through 12. The psalmist is praying here. God, purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast or a right spirit within me. 
Do not cast me from your presence. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Again, who is doing the action here? Who is giving the new heart? Who is cleansing uh, and renewing this spirit? Who is creating a clean heart within the psalmist? It is God. He is the one who does the creating. He is the one who does the renewing. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 9 says this. It says, who can say, I have made my heart pure? I am clean from my sin. Well, the unanswered assumption is there is no one, right? There is no one who can say that I have made my heart pure. There is no one who can say I am clean from my sin. This pure heart that Jesus is, is, is say, talking about in Matthew 5 is, is not something that we achieve. It's not something that we strive for. It's not something that we're trying uh, to get to. It's not something that we're working towards or working for. It is something that is given to us. It is something that we receive as a gracious gift from God in the moment of salvation. Right? We receive this pure heart. A pure heart comes as a result of us living out the earlier Beatitudes. If you look at the, the Beatitudes that we've already talked about, right, we are coming before God, being poor in spirit. We're mourning over our sin. We're meek and penitent before the Father. We're hungering and thirsting after, right, after the righteousness that comes through Jesus. This, in turn, opens up our hearts for the Holy Spirit to come and to sanctify us and to give us that new heart and to cleanse us and to clean us and to create that pure heart within us a pure heart is refined within us by the inner sanctifying work of the holy spirit it is a work of the holy spirit sanctifying our hearts that creates a pure heart within us hebrews 12 1 and 2 says this therefore we also since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Well, how do we do that? The writer of Hebrews tells us in verse 2. He says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Right here, Hebrews 12, 1, this is a good description of a pure heart, right? We're laying aside the sin. We're laying aside the, the weights that, that hold us back. We're running with endurance this race of faith. How do we do this? We do it by looking unto Jesus because he's the one who does it for us. He's the one who creates the new heart within us. He's the one who renews the spirit of rightness within us. It is Jesus through the power. It is the Holy Spirit and Jesus. It is God working together with within us to cleanse us, to clean us, to wash us clean and to make us pure. Well, so what does it mean to be pure in heart? Well, when you look at the definition of the word pure, it's simply this. It means not mixed with any other substance or material. There's this idea of it being refined as, as in gold or silver, right? When, when you're refining gold or silver or precious metal, right? You're, you're heating it up. You're melting it. The, the impurities rise to the top. You're cleaning off the impurities so you have the pure substance left. Well, pure in heart, what does that mean? We're, we're not mixing our heart with the things of God and the things of the world. We're not mixing uh, uh, the things of God and the teachings of, the, of the, the word of God with the desires and the teachings of the world. We're, we're not mixed with any other substance, but our hearts are pure. 
God gives us a pure conscience. Blessed are the pure in heart. Well, what is Jesus saying? Well, Jesus is saying, blessed are the pure in heart, those with a pure conscience. I can have a pure conscience because I know my sins are forgiven. Isaiah 1.18 says this, Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says this, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You see, I, to be blessed, right? Remember from the very first episode in the Beatitudes, blessed is flourishing, right? This is a state of being. This is not an action that I'm trying to do, but it is a state of being. Jesus is descri describing characteristics and states of being of the people within his kingdom right so we read blessed are the pure in heart it's not an action to perform it is a state of being to dwell in right and jesus is causing me to dwell in this state of pure purity of heart because he has cleansed me from my sin he has cleansed me from my guilt. I can look at my past and I can say, hey, I've done this and I've done that and I've displeased the Lord in this way and I've sinned against him in this way and I don't have to feel the pressure or the weight of that guilt because I know that Jesus has cleansed me. Jesus has saved me. He has saved me from sin. He has cleansed me from my shame. He has uh, purified me from the wickedness that was me before I met him. Right? I don't have to walk around with the weight of my sin on my shoulders. He has purified me. He has cleansed me. He has taken away all the impurities that were in my heart. He has given me a new heart. Right, Just just, just as uh, he said in Ezekiel that he would do. Hey, I'm going to give you a new heart. Just as the psalmist cried out in Psalms. Hey, create within me a clean heart. Jesus has done that for me. Jesus has done that for you if you have accepted him as your Savior. Jesus has cleansed us from sin. So we are walking. We are walking in this blessed state, in this flourishing state of purity of heart because he has cleansed my conscience. He has freed me from, from the depths of sin. He has cleansed me from all unrighteousness. He has cleansed my conscience, but he is also allowing me or causing me to walk with pure desires. Right? He's, he's caused me to walk in a pure conscience because he has, he has cleansed my sin, but he has also cleansed my desires, and my desires are to follow the Father. Going back to that passage in Ezekiel chapter 36, right, the end of it, verse 27, he says, I will put my spirit within you, and I will cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. You see, when I am walking in the state of blessedness, the state of flourishing within the kingdom of God, he changes my heart, and thus he also changes my desires, right? My heart is the essence of who I am. We remember what the heart is. It is the essence of who we are. It is the, the seat of our emotions, the seat of our desires, the seat of who we are. It is the very essence of our being. And he changes that. He changes the very essence of who we are. And so now my desires are no longer the desires of, of Joshua. My desires are the desires of Father God working in me and working through me. And so my desires are now pure because my desires mirror my father's. Right? And it's something, again, it's something he does. It's, the, it's this incredible, incredible grace of God that works within us and works through us. The grace of God does more than just save us. The grace of God changes us. The grace of God transforms us. The grace of God causes us to not live for ourselves anymore, but have the desire to live for the Father.
He's cleansed my conscience. He's changed my desires and he changes my motives. He gives me pure motives. He, he causes me to walk with pure motives. Right? My intentions in life are, are to serve the Father. My intentions, my motive behind living is no longer selfish. My, my motive behind living is, is now for God. It is now for Him. It is to please Him. It is to please my Father. We, we, we can go over to uh, the book of Corinthians, right? For the love of Christ controls us. Because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Because of this pure of purity of heart that God has graced me with, that God has given me, I can now say that my life is no longer my own. The motivation behind my existence is not selfish self-seeking for me only, right? That, that's what we see in the world, right? We, we talk so much about how the kingdom of God is so countercultural and how the kingdom of God, these beatitudes are so so opposite of what we see in the world, right? The world, it's, it's look out for number one, right? And that, that, is, that is what my heart, without being surrendered to Christ, that's what my heart wants, right? That is, that is who we are as mankind. We want to look out for ourselves, we are the only thing that is important. Everything else, yeah, it's 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 sec it, it's it's all second because it's it's all about me. But when I come to Christ and He changes my heart, I realize that no, it is no longer about me. It's not. It's never been about me. It's not about me. It is about pleasing the Father. And so He changes my motive. So he changes my conscience. He cleanses me from my sin. He changes my desires. My desire is now to live for God, for the Father, and my motivation, my intentions in living are now to serve the Father. And he gives us this beautiful promise. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Hebrews 12, 14 says this, it says, strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. That holiness and, and purity of heart is, are very, very closely tied together. And I, I want us to see that strive for peace with everyone is also in there. We'll talk about that next time on the next beatitude when, when Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers. But I just kind of want to put that little, little nugget, nugget there, right? Well, what about Psalm 24, 3? Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord or who may stand in his holy place? Well, the answer is here. He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully. He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And if we walk in that state of, of blessedness, that we walk in that state of flourishing, as, uh, of being pure in heart, we are promised intimacy with God. Out of our being in this state of pure heart, we are promised intimacy with the Father. That is the promise and the hope we have in front of us. That one day we will stand before him and we will behold his glory and his splendor face to face. That sounds blessed to me. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your promise of blessing. Thank you that you tell us that within your kingdom, we're going to be blessed as we walk pure in heart. And that's not something that we have to achieve. That is something that we receive. God, you give us a pure heart. God, you change our hearts. You cleanse us. 
from all unrighteousness. You change our desires. You change our motives. And then it is out of that changed motives and changed desires. That's where we live a life pleasing to you. That's where our life becomes pleasing to you. And that's how we uh, walk from now on is in a way that we desire to please you because you have given us a new heart. Lord, help us to do that. Help us to please you in the way that we live our lives, in the way that we walk, because you have given us a heart that desires and seeks after you. In Jesus' name.